Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Hey, welcome to the Ohio one. It is Monday, February 8th. This is our first post-Super Bowl early morning podcast. And I don't know about you guys, I'm feeling a hangover. I, I didn't stay up late. I didn't drink. But I, I'm feeling it this morning. What about you guys? Yeah, I'm feeling it. Stayed up late, uh, watched the Super Bowl. Um, probably didn't need to, but for some reason I just stayed up to watch the whole thing. And a little tired today, I will admit. Uh, our soccer-loving co-host, Brandon, who I, I noticed on Facebook yesterday, was uh, with his dog getting ready to watch the English Premier League. Uh, Brandon, you admitted beforehand, not that watching a ton of Super Bowl. Uh, how late did you stay up? Uh, not very late. Um, wow. Well, I mean, I probably I was up late, but not watching the Super Bowl. I probably okay. tuned into the halftime show and uh, – yeah. Maybe saw a little bit of the end of this first half, and um, um, when the Chiefs got penalized <laughs> after unsportsmanlike conduct, and then that's about it. The most excitement I saw from that game, but um, yeah, I watched the halftime show, watched Twitter, being very divisive about it, and and then uh, went and watched um, some other good streaming program oh, on Amazon. Very nice. very nice. Yeah, it was funny for us. We, we had. Um, just dealing with kids. I mean, usually a Super Bowl night, you go to some party and, you know, you're you're preoccupied with that. And, uh, and you know, you watch kids at the same time. Last night being at home, I mean, we went to a, um, a socially distanced church event um, yesterday afternoon for a little bit. We did not get back until half hour into the Super Bowl. Uh, we had kids running around. I was trying to tell my daughter – it's a band. She loves watching bands, and she's stuck with half the halftime show. And I don't know. I, I watched enough to for, to talk about it, but it was just a weird Super Bowl. I never had a Super Bowl like this. We're chasing kids. We're just you know catching parts of the Super Bowl. It was just a, a weird night. So, well, let's talk about it. I'm we're the Ohioan, and obviously the Super Bowl was in Florida between teams that weren't from Ohio. But hey, I'm assuming a lot of you guys either thought watched the Super Bowl or even like Brandon checked the score lines on the internet. So let's talk a little Super Bowl last night. We are not a big breakdown football podcast. So um, later today we're going to record the Steelers podcast. We'll get more into the game. 
But I know, let's really briefly talk about the game itself. Tampa Bay won. Tom Brady won his seventh Super Bowl. And I'm very anti-Tom Brady because he's about my age. He looks like he's 20. He's young. He has a supermodel wife. He lives in Florida. So I got a lot to be upset with Tom Brady about. But my goodness, you can't argue with it, man. He, he was in his 10th Super Bowl. He won his seventh. Brandon, is there any better football player than Tom Brady? I mean, I, I, it's hard for me to figure out one right now. Yeah, I mean, um, Brady shows that age is just a number, I, I guess is the one cliche we'll, we'll go with. Um, it was funny. I was kind of looking at as the as I was, I watched a little bit of the end of the first half, I saw them all heading to the locker room. I kept saying, oh, there was, a, there was a former Patriots player. Oh, there's a former Patriots player. Oh, yeah. It, it was sort of, a, it was so weird. It was just, it was, that was kind of a, this was a weird Tampa Bay team. I, on my Facebook timeline, I have a couple of Patriots fans. They were very conflicted last night. You know, they were happy because I think they were fans of the players, not just the team. But they're very conflicted. Um, I think the first touchdown was Brady to Rob Gronkowski, which was a very notable connection with the Patriots. And they were kind of conflicted seeing them do well. Uh, you know, Craig, I'm not sure if we even said this on the podcast before. You're a Detroit Lions fan. So as a Lions fan, were you – what was your feeling watching that thing last night? Well, um, you know, as a Lions fan, you you kind of you want to be optimistic, but you're also realistic about the chances Detroit has of going to a Super Bowl, which seems extremely unlikely in my lifetime and people who have not been born's lifetime, um, in their children's lifetime, even it just doesn't seem obtainable. And then Tom Brady's over here playing in his 10th Super Bowl, and he's winning his seventh. It's, you know, I enjoy watching the Super Bowl, but it's one of those things where I don't think I'll ever see the Lions play in it, and it sucks, but, you know, I, I, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to watch it sometimes when you know your team probably has no chance, but you still watch it just because it's football. It's the, you know, the pinnacle of the NFL season, so you want to watch it, and, you know, you kind of hate it that someone else, you know, someone goes there, 10th time and, you know, wins their seventh Super Bowl. So, you know, Tom Brady has more championships than New England and Pittsburgh does as a team. So it's it's incredible to think about his legacy and, you know, cementing it as probably the greatest player of all time. Well, and I got to tell you guys, I got myself in trouble a little bit. Um, we've been trying to put a little bit more Steelers content out there. Uh, we do a Steelers podcast that we're going to tape a little bit later today, and we'll have a late, um, probably late afternoon. Well, it's done well, and people like their Steelers stuff. So I did a podcast, it was just two-minute thought, about how if you're a Steelers fan, you shouldn't root for either team, and caught some crap about that. It, it did really well numbers-wise, but well, people didn't agree with my viewpoint. But, no, I agree. I mean, I enjoyed the game when I didn't have to root for anybody. And my take is, hey, as long as my team's on it, don't root for anybody. Go for the pop culture. It's so much better. And I want to spend more time on the pop culture because when my team's on it, I'm into the pop culture stuff. Brandon, I got to admit, we, I was all excited about the Miley Cyrus TikTok party. And I fell asleep. I was busy in the afternoon. I didn't get to watch it. I watched a couple minutes of it. Did you catch any of the Miley Cyrus TikTok party? Probably when they started kicking off at 2.30, watched a little bit, but it wasn't really Miley at that point. It was just people, hey, here's this really cool uh, NFL tailgate recipe. 
you know, just wow, weird meat weird. and stuff with cheese and, <laughs> and guys cutting it off. And it was just like, it looked too good. I had to turn it off. But um, I think I did go back on Twitter to see if my, what was kind of get a vibe of what Miley's performance was like. And I think, you know, I think it was, it wasn't anything special. How did they present it? Was that on TV or was that just on social media? It was on TikTok. Yeah. It was okay. like, it's so weird because TikToks, you know, they, they kind of NFL puts out a blast. I got a blast notification for it. Like, you know, whoa, okay. great graphics and stuff. And hey, uh, starts at 2.30 p.m. Here's a photo of Miley in a NFL kind of outfit, style outfit. And um, yeah, just kind of they promoted it real well, actually, I, th- I think for the most part. Um, um, it's just like I, I had no expectations of what this was going to be like. I didn't know if it was Miley going to be hosting it throughout the out out the pr- segment, but it seems like they had like some um, content at the beginning, um, and then they transitioned over to Miley just doing some songs and performances. Yeah, the whole thing was like an hour and a half, and I got to admit, guys, pro tip, last, yesterday when I didn't have time to catch all the great pop culture, YouTube is your friend. So I was up a little early this morning, go to YouTube, type in Miley Cyrus. It was there on YouTube. I don't know if someone uploaded it or what was going on, but it was interesting. Um, Craig, I saw Miley was in a football outfit and pumps, like, you know, high heels and stuff. Uh, Is that going to stick in the NFL? Are we going to do more pumps (laughs) with our singers or athletes? Well, maybe not the athletes, but definitely the singers. Um, you know, I didn't really get a chance to watch her show live, but uh, did go back and look at it. Saw that she had Joan Jett, Billy Idol as a couple of wow. uh, guests. Yeah, so you know, I mean, she usually puts on a pretty solid show, and and maybe this was, you know, the right up her alley with you know trying to you know the NFL is trying to you know gather those younger audiences, and and maybe this is the the perfect artist to maybe do that is to you know generate some buzz and you know, have someone like Miley Cyrus bring in a younger audience, but then also have Billy Idol and Joe and Jet to, you know, maybe appease some of the older viewers too. Man, I should watch the whole thing. I missed that, man. And I thought the other funny thing about the Miley Cyrus performance was at the end, like she was doing some of her old school favorites and Party in the USA, which I know is an old song. She was singing that like, oh, this is my classic song I'm going to sing, which made me laugh, you know. We're getting old when Party in the USA is now the old, you know, <laughs> hey, let's go back yeah. to my old catalog and I'll do Party in the USA. I don't know. Yay, Miley. I, um, it's a song then, you love to hate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we didn't talk about this beforehand, but in going through YouTube, no, actually, I checked Twitch. I was in a grocery store parking lot waiting for a pickup order. I, I had a day yesterday, yeah, and I would go into Violet Game and want to know about my day, but um, I was on Twitch to check out to see how our Twitch channel was doing, and I saw Shaq was doing his Super Bowl party. I, I don't know if you guys knew that Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal is a DJ now, so he was doing doing some DJ stuff, and I saw him for a couple minutes. I don't know. I'm uh, Brandon, are you into DJ music at all? Uh, maybe a little bit. Yeah, there's some um, pretty notable DJs that nothing really like uh, on surf lost surface level stuff. So, I mean, I stayed with him for a couple of minutes. It wasn't bad. He kind of remixed some uh, songs of note. Um, he remixed Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, oh, uh, what, what's their song about L.A.? Oh. 
being in the city of angels. Oh, I, I can't even think of the song, but um, you know, he did that. It was okay. I mean, I don't know. The only issue I had was it's hard getting into a shack DJ when you're in a Walmart parking lot with screaming kids in the back seat. You know, it just it doesn't feel right. But you know, it, it was okay. And then let's talk about the big thing: the weekend. And I had to admit, I was a little bit critical. Didn't know much about the weekend, but I don't know how would Brandon. How would you grade the performance? I, I wasn't upset. I wasn't blown away. It was all right. I mean, that's kind of where I was. I I, I kind of didn't look at it was if it was great or not. Um, you know, they. I thought it was. Uh, I was looking at more of how I was trying to analyze in terms of how much was this done because of the safety precautions and how much. Yeah. You know. Sure. I will say this though, you know, you know this whole this whole pandemic thing. I hate you know we get, we're tired, we're exhausted talking about it, but it's like kind of it's kind of like the volcano or whatever the geographical pressures that you know compress bits of coal and they you get usually a diamond. I don't know if we got to that point with the kind of performance that those kind of pressures that have put out this kind of performance, if we can call it that. But it was interesting what the, some of the choices they made. A little. My wife was like, what are we watching at certain points? Um, but other overall, I thought, you know, the week, I'll just say the weekend wasn't bad there. That's yeah, that's all I can say. I, Black sounds, luster might be a good word. Yeah, I mean, you, I'm not going to, like, I, I have a tweet schedule on uh, Twitter talking about it definitely wasn't Prince. Like, you know, it wasn't upsetting, but wasn't, you know, as great as Prince was. I... I don't know. I mean, there were some fun elements. Craig, did you see the part where he went inside, like the one of his popular songs? He was dancing with mirrors and stuff, and it was a little weird. I mean, but I'll remember it. I don't know. What did you think of the performance? You know, as a whole, I, I actually kind of liked it. Um, you know, where does it rank among the, the all-time best? Probably not in that, you know, upper echelon, but... You know, I think it's one of those things, if you like The weekend, if you like his music, you're probably going to like his performance. If you don't know who he is, you're probably going to be wondering why he was in, like, a maze of mirrors and lights and all that kind of get up. But I thought it was a good performance overall. I mean, audio-wise, wasn't the greatest uh, with the acoustics, but it was kind of unique for me in that, you know, and, and maybe it was just because of COVID and also because of how Raymond James Stadium is laid out where he started his performance and did probably like 90% of his performance on that little platform that they have on the concourse level. So it, it kind of made for a unique Super Bowl performance where normally we think of everything starting at the 50-yard line. You have a big stage, right. you go out and do your thing. In this case, he didn't do that. So it was kind of different than what we've seen in the past. And, you know, I appreciated that. And I, I liked his um, – his performance overall. I mean, was it the best performance we've seen? Probably not, but it certainly wasn't the worst. So, you know, at the end of the day, it was entertaining. If you like the weekend's music, you probably appreciated what he did. If you don't know who the weekend is, it, you probably didn't become a fan. But at the end of the day, I thought he did a good job. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing I would say, oh, my goodness, this was horrible. I don't know. It, it was weird. And again, my timeline's probably different than most people, but had a lot of people my timeline was going, well, at least they weren't stripping and twerking. Yeah, it was a good performance. I, I, yeah, whatever. I mean, I, I if you remember last year, we were critical. Well, I was critical because I said, I hate the fact that like Shakira and J-Lo always have to flaunt themselves. But I wasn't ready to 
slap like a triple X rating in the Super Bowl. I just, I, I, I was frustrated saying when I think of J Lo's performances, I think more of a big butt and other, than than saying, "Wow, is she a great singer?" But man, my timeline was filled with, "Hey, you know, the weekend wasn't twerking. The weekend kept his clothes on. You know, major hit." I'm like, I, I don't know if I want to go all there, but again, my timeline's a weird place. Uh, people who hate journalists <laughs> and the uh, company what, you keep. <laughs> yes, yes. It, it's a weird mix of we hate journalists and we like, you know, clean living, you know, where people don't strip or twerk. It's just, it's a weird, it's a weird, uh, it's people, it's just a weird mix. I don't know. I, I don't know how else to say it. Um, commercials, I got to admit, I haven't gotten that far yet. Uh, it was funny in the, in the hey, we're chasing kids, we're getting them bathed and all this other stuff. I, I didn't get to watch it many commercials. The Scott's Miracle Grow that we talked about, the local company, it was funny. It actually went on. Like I, I gl- glanced at the TV, I'm like, oh hey, Becky, it's the Scott's Grow, and I, I saw that. That was good. I'll be honest, I really didn't analyze the commercials. Was there any that you guys saw that you loved? Because I gotta check them out. That's on my viewing. Thing for today, I saw a couple uh, while waiting for the halftime show. Um, the Paramount Plus one was pretty good, actually. Uh, Patrick Stewart, um, okay. pretty much holding it all for <laughs> he's basically holding it all for everyone's sake. Uh, just kind of like they're all on, they're literally all on top of uh, Mount Paramount. <laughs> it's just this mountain of entertainment, as he says. It's just kind of like a poking fun at itself kind of moment. It was. You know, just saying, oh, we're all stuck up here and we'll, like, what are we going to do? Like, we'll just dance. And it was okay. creepy, but kind of funny. But it, Patrick Stewart just looked old in that one. It was just, it was just kind of sad in a way, but I, I liked it. Um, then I was really, there were some local ones too. The, the Mark yeah. Wahlberg sh- uh, Chevrolet dealership had one. And oh, I, I, kind of cracked, yeah. I cracked up at that one because, uh, you know, they had a nice voiceover for Mark, but the footage they use, I, I'm pretty sure. It, it, I'm, I was thinking, is that the only footage they have? Because that was, I'm pretty sure that was footage from hit the first, from like the the beginning days of when he, like the first time he made an appearance after buying that dealership, or okay. you know, or he, that team he had by it, and he's got his name on it. But I'm, I'm now wondering, has he ever been back in Columbus <laughs> since then? Yeah, is that all they could find? Because um, I'm not sold. <laughs> Yeah, I, I saw it. It was just a weird mix of. I, I, like, hey, I'm a Mark Wahlberg guy. I love the fact he has some dealerships, and I think he wants to bring his restaurant to Columbus. So I'm like a rip Mark Wahlberg. But yeah, it was kind of a weird. I'm ripping. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird mix of stock footage. It was almost like, yeah, it'd be cool if we have a local Super Bowl commercial, and here's what we're doing. Um, Craig, and again, let me know if I missed something. I definitely want to check out YouTube, the rest of the Super Bowl commercials. I, I will say I, I was an old Wayne's World guy, and I'm like, dang, they're old. But I, I saw that one at the end, and I got to say, I was kind of into it. I mean, I, I, I like that one. Was there any other ones you liked? I think the the two that stood out, and it's not that they're the the best ones, they just, I just remember them probably the best, is uh, the Matthew McConaughey 3D Doritos one where he is uh, – flat and he's walking around trying to like pump life into him and he finds the 
the 3D Doritos and he eats one and then he becomes three dimensional again. I don't know for for whatever reason that stood out. Not again, not saying that it's one of the best ones. It just stood out to me. And then I think maybe the Bud Light commercial where everybody kind of got involved with uh, you know tipping the truck back over and they had like the the real man of genius or whatever that guy from the old commercials they had you know a bunch of other people the bud knight guy and so you know those are the two that stood out the most that wasn't to say that they're the best ones i saw because i i can't remember every single commercial i'd probably have to go back and rewatch everything to to see which one was the best but those were the two that probably stood out most for me okay Hey, um, if you guys don't mind, I have to take a one-minute break and be right back. Um, could you guys, as I take a quick <clears> leave, uh, talk to me about some favorite Super Bowl commercials over the years, and I'll be right back. Is that right? That's fine. Okay, thanks. Sorry about that. I'll be right back. Well, Brandon, uh, any fond memories of Super Bowl commercials, either from last night or this, you know, or the past decade or – Anything that you can remember fondly of uh, yesteryear? Oh, I tried to talk about the, the the Doritos one where the boy smacks the guy and tells him, "Don't mess with his mama. Don't mess with his Doritos." <laughs> I, I sorry, that one I'll bring up all the time, but um, no one talks about it as much. It was weird, but um, there was that weird one though. No, I thought my favorite. I hate it, but it stuck in my mind the puppy, monkey, baby. Remember that one? Yeah, mishmash. And it just comes in all the time and talks wacky. I don't know if that was a Super Bowl commercial, though. But you know, for whatever was. reason, I always think Doritos always has sort of a unique Super Bowl commercial or something that's like longer lasting. I don't know if the um, the Time Machine one was a Super Bowl commercial or not, but they always seem to have these really memorable Super Bowl commercials. Like I don't, you know, like I said, I'm not saying the Matthew McConaughey commercial was the best one from last night but it just like i just it sticks out to me i remembered it i don't know why maybe it was because it was one of the the first commercials we saw but for whatever reason that commercial stands out doritos doritos always seems to bring out some really memorable super bowl commercials i love the one where you know the kid was you know act like at the time machine and you had to pay a, a bag of doritos and you know he'd shake it around and then all of a sudden the old man comes out of the yard you know and says get off my my yard and he thinks it's the boy grown up in the future so for whatever reason i think doritos always has memorable commercials in the super bowl yeah that they usually do and i, I they're always pretty fun to watch um it's usually like the junk food ones, like Snickers and Doritos. Yeah. Yes, yeah, Snickers, Snickers is always Betty White. There. The Betty White one was pretty funny. Yeah, um, just seeing Betty White trash talking people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Thank you for holding on this ship. I'm back, but yeah, Betty White. Have we heard from Betty White at all lately? I mean, she was kind of in the news with her. What was it, 99th birthday? But yeah. I haven't heard much from her. Have you guys? No, she's kind of been off the screen for a while now, but um, yeah, she's still going strong from what we hear. Oh, really? Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Hey, I get a little nervous. Like, when you hear about celebrity for a while and they're getting older, you're kind of thinking, hey, is there a health concern? Because, but I don't know. I mean, God bless Betty White, 99. But no, I love that commercial with her. I thought that was great. So, no, thank you for holding down the fort. I had to <laughs> take a quick break, but I'm back. Oh, geez. I'm getting old. It's not fun to get old, guys. Don't turn 46. It just gets rough for various reasons. So, all We're right. Not like radio where we have breaks. Yes. <laughs> we'll yes, be back yeah. after the break. Yeah. That's why, hey, I, uh, 
advertise with us. We are working on some ad deals, and hey, it'll help me out too if we advertise in lots of ways. It should be fun. So, hey, I wanted to. Any other thoughts last night in the Super Bowl? I mean, I thought we did a good job of kind of covering the game and the pop culture aspects. I don't know. Nothing else stuck out. Anything else from you guys? No. No. Okay. Very good one. Let's move on. I was surprised about this. And we're going to talk. I'm not a huge current music guy. I'm not sure about you guys. Um, Morgan Wallen, um, he's a country guy. I haven't heard much from him. I'm not really a, a country fan. Uh, he made some news. Uh, I think it was like a couple months ago. He was going to be on Saturday Night Live. And. Um, he was massless at a party, and, and he had some COVID concerns. Because of that, he couldn't be on, and it was kind of controversial and everything. And he was on Saturday Night Live a, a while later, and they kind of poked fun at some of the things he did and everything. Well, he kind of made some news about uh, he dropped some racial slurs, which is never good uh, a thing for him to do. And it was interesting. A lot of... Um, reaction to it like you know some people dropped him i know here in ohio uh, there's a big country music festival coming up later this summer uh and they're kind of debating do we keep him on the playlist uh are we still going to invite him to come and it was interesting I, i'm kind of sad about this i'm trying to figure out what's going on here uh there's a story in usa today that talks about how he's actually doing okay music sales and streams wise and I, I don't know what's going on here. Brandon, is it like there's no such thing as bad press where, you know, for as awful as what he did, I guess it's keeping him his, his name in the news? What do you think's going on here? Uh, you know, it's, again, this is kind of the debate, another another chapter, another footnote in the debate of cancel culture, um, whether you believe in it or not, it exists or not. Um, you know, it's... It's it's that's what people's will come to people's minds. I mean, what he said was inappropriate, and rightfully right. he has to pay consequences for it in some way or another. I mean, you know, deservedly or undeservedly, it's just that's just how it is. I mean, if people who are dropping him are dropping because they just don't want to be associated with that, that's all they're that's that's all they're doing. Um, but you know, but I think the thing that frustrates me is, you know, CNN uh, Brian Stalter, uh, the media critic of CNN, had a really good. Um, segment where he was talking about there's a difference between cancel culture and cancel consequence. And I really think with the country singer, it's can't, it's cancel consequence. You can't drop racial slurs. And I mean, people are going to drop it. I know yeah, you're not and, defending expect, and expect no repercussions. I right. totally hear you. Right. And, I mean, and I'm not saying you, you disagreed with that, that part of it, but no, but yeah. I think there is a segment out there that says, Oh, it's cancel culture. How dare we? I guess the thing that kind of frustrates me is I'm not saying, you know, he should never be heard of again and you should never listen to any of his music again. It kind of struck me because radio is dropping him, but at the same time, his album sales are rising. And it kind of gives me a weird impression going, why are people flocking to him after what happened? Well, like, I'm not saying you should never listen to his music again, but it's weird how the album sales and the people streaming his songs are going way up after he said what he said, which I thought was weird. You know what I mean? Probably a couple couple ways on you can read interpret that. And we will never know unless we go down right. and do some focus groups and anonymous right. surveys and whatever. But two ways is there are people who like what he said and they will now support him. There are people who said who don't agree with what he said, but 
they don't, they think he's a victim now and they want to just kind of, you know what I mean? Kind of counterculture kind of, uh, Oh, let's rally around this guy. Kind of, kind of vibe. I think that's sort of the two motivations for it. If, or, you know, maybe the third thing is maybe this, it's, his scales are going up and whatnot. It has nothing to do with this whole controversy and maybe it's just some press attention, but people liked his, like his music. Um, you know, it's, that one a little bit, I would be a little, a little bit surprised, but you never know. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's, I don't think it's, you're going to be able to say, to put a blanket swath over all the people who go and right, buy yeah. his music after, after a controversy is, it's, it's dangerous to do so. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, Craig, there's a million podcasts out there. There's a lot of singers. Uh, we're in this weird where, you know, instead of going out and buying an album, you're looking for someone. Like, if you're looking at a singer, oftentimes you're looking at your streaming service. You're like, boy, who should I listen to today? And there's so many options. There's so many choices. I'm kind of wondering if part of it, like, you know, Brandon was insinuating that a lot of people just said, I want someone that I heard on the news. So if you're streaming Morgan Wallen, it doesn't mean you're a racist. Maybe it's more of, man, at least I've heard that name where there's 50 other country artists out there that I haven't heard, so that name's fresh in mind. I, I wonder if it, that's a little bit, too. Yeah, I mean, it, it could certainly be that. You know, some people who may – I had never heard of this guy. I don't listen to country. I had never heard of him until the whole Saturday Night Live thing. Um, and then I watched his performance and his, you know, skit that he did on SNL when he did actually, you know, finally get back on. Um, and they even poked fun at him on this past week's show on Weekend Update. Um, I don't know if you saw that, which was kind of funny. Um, well, sad, but funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, like, like you said, you know, any kind of publicity could be good publicity for you because, you know, you're looking at it from the perspective of people are going to search your name. And then if, if those people can sort of either A, get past what you said or B, not care what you said, maybe you gain some new fans because people are, are, you know, searching your name because they've never heard of you. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, that's the kind of music I like. So I'm going to start listening to it no matter what this person said. So, you know, it's probably a combination of a lot of things where some people that just don't care, some people that are, you know, would condemn what he said, but don't hold it against him, I guess. And then also some people that, you know, just kind of searched his name because they heard it in the news and maybe forgot about why they heard it in the news. They just heard the name, and then they search it, and they listen to the music, and it jumps up from there. So it could be a lot of different factors for why this is kind of blowing up. But at the end of the day, you know, his radio plays are down quite considerably, and maybe this isn't something that's ultra-sustainable for him, and you know, moving forward. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see, like, and maybe it won't be a story six months from now, but it'd be interesting to see where he's at streaming six months from now, and album sales and everything. Besides Griff Brain, I'm, I'm not saying, dang, our country is horrifyingly racist because he said something he shouldn't, and now he's, his album sales are for the roof. I, I think it's a little bit maybe of top of attention. But I think it's kind of weird where you say, okay, we're going to buy his album after he said that. You know, it, it just it's a strange... I, I Like Bill Cosby. You know, I took my wife to see Bill Cosby a long time ago. I've listened to a lot of Bill Cosby albums. I'm not saying you're evil if you still listen to Bill Cosby. But I got to admit, every time I listen to old Bill Cosby, I feel weird about it after everything that Bill Cosby's been through. 
you know, and again, we're not canceling Bill Cosby. We're just saying, okay, how can I sit there and say, dang, I love Bill Cosby comedy and watch a lot of that after everything you've learned about Bill Cosby. You, you know what I mean? That's kind of where I look at it. But. Well, and the same could be said, too, in music in, in music circles. Chris Brown, you know, was famous yeah. for bludgeoning Rihanna, and there are still women that find Chris Brown attractive, sexy, whatever you want to call it, and there are still women that listen to his music and love when he releases new music. So, you know, <clears throat> it's it's certainly not, you know, advocating for that. It's just that, you know, people can look past that when it when it's an artist that it's one of their favorite artists or it's one of their favorite movie stars or whatever that they just kind of look beyond allegations or things that have come out against that person. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Have you ever heard Morgan Wallen before, Brain? I have not. It sounds familiar, but I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe if I heard one of his popular songs, be like, oh, yeah, I remember this guy. But um, I, I got to admit, and honestly, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not saying we should listen to all the music before I talk about them on the podcast. I don't know any Morgan Wallen songs. I mean, we can play it. And I, we can't because of copyright issues. But if you sat here and said, okay, we're going to listen to a couple of his songs, I wouldn't know what it is. And honestly, even when he was on Saturday Night Live, I I think I heard the song, but it was nothing I remembered or nothing mm-hmm. I could say. Man, that was a great song. I, right. <clears throat> I, I don't know. It, it's just kind of interesting. But speaking of Saturday Night Live, I want to talk about Saturday Night Live a little bit. Have you guys ever heard of Phoebe Bridgers? Maybe I'm too old. Maybe I'm not paying attention. Uh, do you guys know her at all? I've heard the name, but to be blunt, that was the first time I can recall hearing her sing. So, Brandon, uh, do you know that much about Phoebe Bridgers? Am I missing something? I mean, I had no idea who it actually was. No, I'm in the dark t- as much as Craig is. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I'm watching Silent Live. And it's funny. I, I've got a love-hate relationship with Silent Live. I, I think they do some brilliant things now. I think they do some just weird things now. Like, I, I've always been not a fan of when they do the musical numbers at the beginning. And they haven't done that recently as much as they did in the past. But it just ticked me off. Like, the host would come out, and it was always some little song and dance thing. I'm like, this is not funny. But so I have a love-hate relationship, and we can talk all day about Silent Live. But it's weird because even though it's not my favorite show, I almost feel like I have to check in each week on Silent Live. I have no idea why. I mean, Silent Live isn't quite as popular as it used to be, but I just almost feel like a parent. Like, oh, I have to see what's going on there. So they had the show, and we'll talk, we can talk about the show a little bit, but their musical guest was Phoebe Bridgers. And I'm like, huh, I've never heard of this girl before. So they go to show like a glimpse of her, like right before they were going to have her on. She smiles and she waves and she looked 12. And I'm sitting here like, wow, they have a 12 year old singing on Silent Live. I don't understand what's going on. So I'm like, okay, usually when I go to concerts and someone opens up for the band I want to see, I usually hate it because I'm like, no, I'm here to see this band. I don't want to see six opening acts beforehand. Well, I got to tell you, and you, you guys know who 21 Pilots is, right? Yep. Okay. The first time I ever saw 21 Pilots, it blew me away. Uh, they come from a Christian background. Uh, they, uh, The guy, the lead singer, actually played basketball for Worthington Christian, uh, one of the high schools down here. Uh, the drummer family went to the church, uh, Grace Players, and you know we've been to Grace Players a lot. So it's weird. They have kind of um, – 
what do you call it, origins in Columbus and the churches down there. A lot of people know them. The first time I ever saw 21 Pilots was it was a free concert of a band I wanted to see at this church. They opened the concert. And I'm like, I have no idea who these people are. Let's see what they're like. The place was filled for a free Christian Sunday night concert. And I'm like, whoa, I mean, these guys are amazing. When the main band came on, which was House of Heroes, they're not as well known, but they're a national band. Everybody left the concert. I've never seen it before. <laughs> but usually the opening act gets very few people, then more people come in for the main act. And I was asking a DJ in the back, who are, who are these guys? They sound good. And they're like, yeah, they're really up and coming. And now 21 Pots is one of the better known pop bands in the world right now, which is weird. So I bring that up because I hate music I don't understand. I hate music I, I'm not familiar with. I was kind of intrigued saying, wow, they have a 12-year-old on Saturday Night Live. She does her first song. It sounds like old school, what, 90s pop. Like Lisa Loeb is her name? Yeah. Or like Cheryl Crow, which is more pop and it's fine. The second song she did, and I'll put a link to it in the podcast, it ended up with like Nirvana, grunge. Um, I don't know if you guys remember Veruca Salt. They were a popular band in the 90s. I was just like, holy crap. I mean, I was expecting it. It was amazing. And then have you ever seen someone? I mean, I've seen people smash guitars at the end of performances. She smashed an electric guitar. I've never seen that happen before. There was literally sparks coming out of the guitar and everything, and the amp that she was blowing up again. I don't know. Am I old? Am I lame? I, I came away with that going, dang, I'm into Phoebe Bridges now. This was amazing. <laughs> Brandon, am I going way too nuts here? I mean, I, I just. You went, from, you went from describing her as a 12 year old to now being her biggest <laughs> fan. Um, yeah. I mean, I was. I think, I think you've. I think you've redeemed yourself quickly. That's. <laughs> well, she's not twelve. She's in her mid twenties. Yes, yes. She's and... I'm older than her, and <laughs> she's smashing guitars and more successful than I am. At, and I'm right. Like, <laughs> I, I checked her Twitter. I'm not uh, following her yet, but yeah, she's definitely not twelve. If she was twelve, she should be disciplined for <laughs> stuff she posts <laughs> on Twitter. I don't know. I mean, it'd be weird if she was twelve. But no, I, I was. Amazed. I, and usually, I'm not like that. I mean, I'm usually like, "Hey, I want to see this band. I like them and everything else." I'm, I'm like, "Wow!" So you guys never heard of her, her before, right? Name sounds familiar again. I'm, there's like all these singers and yeah, here I've heard the name, maybe, but like, maybe I've heard her music and it's like, "Oh, this is Phoebe Bridgers." I don't know. It was a. It took a while me for for me to be a familiar with Billy Billy Elish. Is that am I saying yes, that right? Yes. Yeah, like after like her name kept floating around, and I think it wasn't until she got the singing gig for James Bond that I was like, "Oh, I need to look back." And I was like, "Oh, I know these songs." <laughs> that's, that's how I am with music: is I I hear the music first, and then I go back and look at who's the persona behind it, I suppose. But um, I'll have to look into Miss Bridgers, I guess, and see what um whether I'll I'll like what she offers. So. Yeah, I was surprised. And again, if you look at the history of this show, we don't sit and break down music. We've had some, uh, you know, singers on to talk about their stuff, but we're not really like a music breakdown podcast. Other than the day after the Super Bowl, like we did in past years. But man, it takes a lot for me to sit here and go, "Holy crap, this was good!" But I, I was watching it. I watched it a couple times. I, I, I don't know. I was blown away. So, 
Craig, am I crazy? Are, are you become a Phoebe Bridgers fan, or am I just off the rocker? No, no. I mean, the performance was good. Like, I mean, I've probably heard the songs that she's sung over the years, but, I, you know, I recognize the name. But sometimes music gets lost in the shuffle compared to, like, TV or movies because you can always check to see what you're watching as you're watching it, whereas music, you could turn on the radio and you just miss the announcement of what artist is playing and then they play the song and then you just move on to the next one and the next one. So sometimes you can lose musicians in the, in, you know, in the wind a little bit, but yeah, I mean, the performance was good. You know, the, the guitar smashing was, eh, I mean, it was a little not weak because she's weak, but just, I don't know if she was trying to like kill the amp or if she was trying to break her guitar because she didn't really do either. Um, I mean, she kind of blew up the amp, I guess, but she didn't really like destroy the guitar from, you know, unless she just kept going. But, you know, it was it was fun. It was a good performance. I think she did. A, you know, that's what SNL is about, though, is to try to get people that maybe are a little bit lesser known, but maybe on the verge of being, you know, stars. And, you know, they, they succeeded in kind of creating, you know, sort of a star in that sense that now people are talking about her, know her a little bit more. And, you know, I think she did a good job. And I, you're right. It, it does kind of make stars and everything. But I got to tell you, I, I was thinking the last time we talked about SNL with a artist that we brought up, it was some girl. And Brand, let me know if you remember her name. She was like doing a painting while she was singing. Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh, oh, I know who you're talking about, but I don't remember. Yeah. It's... I don't think it was Billy Ellis. Was it? Maybe not. Maybe it was. <laughs> uh, well, well, I'll Google what, as we're talking about. No, was it Halsey? You know oh, what? Maybe it's Halsey. That, it might be Halsey. Yeah. yeah, because that I couldn't think of it, but when you mentioned that, that triggered something in my brain. You're right, Craig. Um, yeah, I mean, that was the last time where I think we really said, wow, Silent Live, you know, this artist did something amazing. I, has anybody else smashed electric guitars? I'm, I'm not a huge music historian, but, like, I remember, like, Kurt Cobain used to do that with Nirvana. Um, P- Peter Townsend. I saw the clip saved somewhere uh, when he played a Letterman, and this was late in his career. And you know, he played a song, and he took the guitar, and he was smashing it. And it was cool seeing an old dude, you know, smashing guitars. I, I don't know if we—is it typical to smash a electric guitar? I mean, that was the kind of thing that shocked me. I mean, I've seen sparks flying up and everything. I, it was crazy. Uh, I mean, if that's your playing and you want to smash guitar that's what you're going to smash but yeah i mean i i guess i didn't expect her to do it it wasn't like she was you know rocking out like you know metallic out there and and you know the the swell of adrenaline would would cause that but you know maybe it's an emotional song for her and she wanted to release her anger i suppose but uh yeah i mean i guess nowadays do you see anybody with an acoustic guitar playing on anything really and you know Smashing that, I guess, but and, and again, I have a strange, I have a strange Twitter and Facebook timeline. So if you're listening to this, don't at me, don't send me tweets that she wrote, don't send me words she said. I'm not sitting here going, I think Phoebe Bridges is the one greatest woman of all time. All I'm saying is, it's an artist I knew nothing about. I checked her out and I was like, whoa, this is great. Okay, again, I'm not saying she's my favorite artist because. Brand, I'm not criticizing you guys. I have a weird mix of timeline people out there that are going to say, how dare you like her because she did this or she said this or whatever. I, I don't can't, know. You can't enjoy anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just was a great performance. I had no idea. 
I, you know, we talked about cancel culture. I have no idea what she said in the past that she should be canceled about. I have no idea. I, I just like this one performance. Let me like a performance, and who knows? I, I haven't heard any of her other music. I don't know what she sings about. I don't know how many cuss words she drops in her lyrics. I, I'm, I'm just trying to protect myself so I don't yell that later because I, I've done that in the past. So it's going to be a while before you get the, the Phoebe Bridgers fan Twitter account going then, right? Oh, I, I don't know. Well, well, my dad, and my dad's gone, so I mean, obviously my dad's not going to do that, but my dad used to be famous about that. And this is before we had a podcast. I would like say, man, I like this artist. And my dad's like, oh, he's trash. They don't believe in God or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I, I, my dad used to do that to me all the time. And so and I'm just warning anybody else, because I'm sure there's other people out there that might do that. So, Hey, I wanted to bring this up, and I got to be careful, because this was written by a colleague of mine, the Akron Beacon Journal, Great paper. Go buy them. Go support them. Subscribe to the paper. But I gotta speak a little bit. I'm a little conflicted here. Have you guys ever been to Menchie's Brothers Wrestling? No. I have not. No. It is it is a Northern Ohio thing, Craig. I don't think they're as west as Fremont. I know, like they were born in Akron. Uh, I frequented the one in Akron. It was right by the baseball stadium up there. And there's one in Maslin, too, that I used to go to a little bit, too. Very interesting restaurant. It's a hamburg joint, but they do a lot of different stuff with the hamburgs. Like, I had this coffee hamburg. It kind of tasted a little bit like coffee. Hmm. It, it was interesting. So the Beacon Journal over the weekend does a story about these uh, two guys. They're eating through the menu at Menchie's. Because Menchie's has all kinds of hamburgs, and it's all good and everything else. The thing that kind of shocked me, though, was I'm like, wow, these guys ate 50 hamburgers. And if you want to get talked about in the show, food doesn't. So if you're ever pitching us on, hey, talk about us in the show, if you got food angle, hey, we love food, we'll talk about that. But it took them a year to eat that the menu. And again, I'm not expecting them to eat 50 hamburgers in one sitting, but I'm like, is this that impressive? I don't know. I'm, I, I wanted to be blown away by these guys. I want to bring them on the air and say, man, you guys are are my heroes, but they eat 50 hamburgers in a year. Why is that so big? Were you impressed, Brandon? Yeah, that sounds really impressive. Sounds also like, you know, makes my stomach, <laughs> gives me a stomach ache just thinking about it. Yeah, but, but they eat 50 hamburgers in a year, one a week. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, they ate the menu, but they ate one a week. I mean, I'm like, I used to eat four. Not, yeah. Just like I used to eat the like hamburgers like waiting. Yeah, it sounds like hard at work. I know it's one a week, but I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, well, that's why I'm probably gonna die soon. Like you guys love the immemorial podcast for me <laughs> because, like, I used to eat like eight hamburgers a week. You know, like, it was just, it was so weird. I don't know. I mean, I'm impressed. I mean, hey, they eat the menu. How many times do you eat Like, think about the places you like to go eat. I mean, not many people actually eat the whole menu. I mean, usually if I go to a restaurant, I have one standby. I'll get that one thing each time. But they eat the whole menu. I don't know. Craig, maybe let's approach this a different way. Have you ever ate most of, and I'm not saying in a day or a year or whatever, like is there a restaurant that you've, you've eaten pretty much different items on the menu? I, I don't usually do that. No, I'm, I'm kind of a, once you find something you like, you know, you kind of, that's your go-to thing. I mean, every now and then you might change it up, but... Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess the, the 
the unique thing is that they've eaten an entire menu. I don't know how many hamburgers, you know, I guess there's 50 or whatever, but yeah, I mean, you know, I've never really thought, oh, I'm just going to go down the list here and just get everything at this, my favorite restaurant. I just, I don't really think of it like that. I think of it like if there's something I like and I'm going to keep getting it until I want to try something new. Yeah. I don't, it just struck me very strange. Brandon, I'll, I'll confess something because, you know, You've confessed things over the past week. I'm still questioning a little bit, but, you know, it's okay. We won't go there today. We got to go a show without going there. But, you know, one thing that's weird is I like YouTube videos, and my wife gets mad at me because I like YouTube videos where they eat the whole menu. Like, you know, she was a ex-Chick-fil-A employee. So there's these videos where, like, someone will go in and they'll say, hey, I'll order everything. It's like 150 bucks or anything. They go home and eat it. Do you like videos like that? I don't know. I I was captivated by this whole thing. Or is there a place that you would eat the menu at? Like if I said, Brandon, why don't you eat the menu? It doesn't have to be one day. What place would you like to eat the menu at? Oh, geez. Um, one day or do I get like a whole year? Um, um, I want to be able to live. Yeah. <laughs> one day seems odd. I mean, you're like a competitive eater. So I hate to say one day. Well, a whole year, I don't know, maybe somewhere in between. Or as, as much time as I need to finish the menu. I mean, I yeah, actually want yeah. to go inside the restaurant, find a table, sit down, and just tell them to bring me food and every yeah. item off the menu. It's got to be more than once a week. I mean, the once a week thing is not that impressive. Like, maybe once a day. Like twice a week. Twice a week or, a week or something. Yeah. The once yeah. a week with these guys isn't really, I mean... I know people that go to the same spot, like especially if they're elderly, that go there every single day. And they, they may get the same thing, but there are people that go to like diners or wherever every single day. I just, so once a week, not that impressive. I guess like the once a week thing, like, oh, yay, everything off the menu. I mean, it's kind of a stretch of a story, I guess. But Well, and let me cover myself. It was a good story. I thought the B-Control did a great job of covering it. And look, the analytics... It did well. The way they wrote it was good. So I'm not criticizing the Beacon Journal on story selection. I'm more criticizing these guys. Bring it, dudes. Eat there two, three times a week. I mean, that would blow yeah. me away more. Yeah. And hey, credit to Beacon Journal. They cover Are, are these? Are we talking like the... Are we talking like, you know, these are kind of like really exceptional burgers where if you eat one, you need to have a few days of recovery. Like, I just... You know, I, I need to... I guess I need to see more... See I more um, visual... Yeah, I haven't eaten Menchie's in a long time. We got to. When COVID leaves us, which, who knows, probably going to be a couple more years, we got to travel, Brandon. You and I got to hop in the car. We got to meet, like, Craig <laughs> halfway in that. We got to do some of these things. Obviously, we can't do it right now. I don't know. Menchie's, it never struck me as a fantastic place. Their burgers are unique. I'll put it like that. Like, I'll put it this way. It would be weird to, for me to drive two and a half hours to go to a Menchie's. I mean, I, I hate ripping. It's not that spectacular, but it's interesting because you'll remember the burger. Like, I never had burger before that had coffee taste to it. Now, is it something that I would eat 50 times a week? No, but it, it's something that at least you remember, not like the Wendy's hamburger you've had a million times before or something. I don't know. That's what's struck me. I see. But, but like I said, uh, do you have a, a go-to place? If it's like twice a week, where you'd say, man, I like this place enough where I would eat different things off the menu. I, I guess it's probably... I don't know if I have a place like that. I'm wrecking my brain, and I'm sorry I wasn't prepared. I didn't come prepared. Um, well, I, I don't know if I have a place either. 
it's a hard thing for me. I mean, I mean, the answer could be no. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have that place. I would say, like, with a couple places, let's see. Well, I guess the Melt's a good place. I would probably try everything off the menu there. So, with like a grilled cheese sandwich place based out of Cleveland. Okay, that's in Houston, right? Down here in Columbus. Well, yeah, they have a couple locations now in Columbus. Uh, headquarters, though, they're originally a Cleveland operation. Okay. What was that place? I can't even think of it now. There was a place at Ohio State. It was like right kind of off a parking garage, kind of like near the middle of Ohio State University, where it was a grilled cheese place. It wasn't as fancy as the mill. Like, I've been inside the mill. I haven't ate there before. I know. I used to go there all the time. It was kind of interesting. But, yeah, the only thing is they had, like, about 200 different type of grilled cheese that you could buy. So <laughs> it would take probably years for me to get to that many. But it was interesting. I, I think they had mashed potatoes on it. Grilled, I mean, they did some bizarre stuff that, again, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a finicky eater. I don't know, Craig, is there a restaurant you like to do that to sometime? Well, I, I I have a very picky palate, so I don't know that I would be one of those that would want to eat everything off of any menu, even my favorite places. Like I'm a very, I'm a big Texas Roadhouse fan up here in this area, but there are some I don't like seafood. I don't like certain tastes and flavors. So, you know, I would probably be someone that would never even do a fifty burger menu because there's probably stuff on the menu that I just wouldn't like. Um, you know, and, and if you don't get certain things, then it would obviously mean you're just getting a normal hamburger or you're getting a normal cheeseburger or whatever. So I would probably never be one of these people that would be able to do this just because of the way I, you know, how picky I can be with what I like and don't like. Um, but yeah, Texas Roadhouse, I would love to, I would, I could eat there every day and I would probably really? try to okay. the menu, but again, you know, you're not, you're also not going to eat steak every day either and hamburgers and stuff like that. That's just not a good idea, but, uh, you know, of all the places that I enjoy, that would probably be the one place that I enjoy the most. <laughs> there are some things that I probably just wouldn't touch on the menu. Hmm. Yeah. There was one burger. I'm looking this up in the story, uh, that they were talking about was a very strange burger that they had there. And I'm looking up as we talk, I think mashed potatoes were part of the burger. Oh. I don't know. It was kind of weird. Uh, they said their their best burger was like a turkey burger that they liked, uh, premium cheeseburger, veggie burger, buffalo burger, the island barbecue, and the sweet and smoky. And I am looking. Yeah, they had a reference to one they weren't quite as crazy about, which I thought was interesting. I, I the other thing too, and I, I'm cheap when I go out to eat. Like their burgers, are like nine ninety nine to thirteen ninety nine. Again, hey, they got unique burgers and might question their price, but I don't think it's like you know paying fourteen bucks for a burger, you know. Yeah, and if you're doing it once a week like these guys were or whatever, then maybe maybe there's a reason why it was once a week. They're spending like forty or fifty bucks a week on or a month on yeah, on going out to burger joints. So yeah. Oh, here it is, uh, Brandon. Let me know if you like this. Um, I think they created their own burger. There was a Thanksgiving burger. With mashed potatoes, gravy, cherry cheese, and bacon on it. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not into that. Are you? No. Thanksgiving uh, themed meal or sandwich or a dish, I guess, where you just pile the Thanksgiving into one platter is a, an atrocity to Thanksgiving entirely and to cuisine. 
<laughs> I had one with an egg on it before. That was great. But you put all this mashed potatoes and gravy, ugh, it just doesn't work. So, And they wanted to eat that. I mean, I thought it was one they didn't like, but they're like, oh, we created one. I'm like, uh, that's not what I want to create. That's tough. Hey, I want to mention uh, two quick things. Um, trying to get these um, agendas here a little earlier, which is good, but when you do that, you miss some stuff. Um, COVID numbers came out. I don't want us to talk too much about it. We talk a lot about COVID, and we'll save that for the rest of the week. Um, but I think the numbers were down like to 2,200, um, which is good. Uh, they say the numbers are kind of st- a little slower on the weekend, so that doesn't mean there's only 2,200 cases. It may have been more. But, hey, I encourage you. I know Brandon and Craig agree. Mask up. Be careful out there. You know, I mean, because even though 2,200 is lower, it's still 2,200 that hopefully isn't around. So please don't take this as, hey, COVID's done. We can do whatever we want. It's be careful out there. Uh, we dipped our toe. And I hate telling you guys this because I'm usually one to say, hey, stay home. Do, don't do anything. But we went to a church event, uh, kind of a small group event. We were all spaced out. There was like 14 of us, but we were all in various separate parts of the room. And it was good to see everybody. I'm not sure how much I want to do it. I kind of felt awkward doing that. But we were spaced out, and we did a good job. It's hard, guys. I mean, I, I'm watching two special needs kids now, and special needs kids and a pandemic and being out. It's a kind of three, three weird mixes, but we wanted to kind of, what should I say, dip your toe in the water, and we tried it. I think we're safe. Uh, they were very good and very nice spot, but it was very strange. I, um, Brandon, I don't know if you heard about this. Kind of sad news today. Hate to go out in the downer. Uh, Chris Westerling. Uh, he's an NFL.com writer. Uh, he was on Around the Horn podcast. He died over the weekend, only 46. Um, and then Pedro Gomez. I'm not a big baseball guy, but I remember Pedro Gomez. He died unexpectedly yesterday. Yeah. The guy's only 58. And I don't know, guys, whoever wants to contribute real quick. Um, it, it's weird. I work for a national organization. I don't do a ton of national stuff for it, but – so I don't know Pedro. I don't know Chris. Uh, I guess Chris is from uh, Cincinnati area. Uh, so inquired his story about him over the weekend. But I guess it gets sad. I mean, the more we're in this business, I kind of feel a kinship and a brotherhood with, like, writers and journalists. You guys are journalists. Not to say we wouldn't have another person that's not a journalist on, but I kind of feel a kinship. I love having journalists on the show, too. And I don't know. It's just the whole thing makes me sad. I mean, it's life. I mean, you know, Chris died of cancer. Uh, Pedro, they haven't released the cause of death. We, we don't know what happened there. But I don't know. Brand, I just get this feeling of just sadness. Today. It's kind of a weird day. Yeah. Um, it just kind of goes back to the whole, you know, we're in an age where information travels so quickly that we get all these kinds of deaths, uh, well, of famous people, of some caliber or some renown. Um, it's just kind of strange how they come at, come at us in the in this digital age. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, i not sure how public it was. I, I won't say where the paper was from, but, you know, a couple of years ago, we lost a reporter from suicide, and it was tough, and it was hard. And, you know, you feel a kinship, and honestly, that's why I get annoyed when, you know, people run down a profession. It's a tough profession. We're in the public. We do some fun stuff, but it's never easy. I know, Craig, you're a baseball guy, so probably you knew more about Pedro. Yeah, yeah. kind of a tough one. 
Yeah, he was always a great reporter. He, he also did some of the, I guess you would call it sideline reporting, even though they don't have sidelines. But um, yeah, he was always a, a you know great delivery, great wealth of information. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but yeah, it's just been a you know a couple weeks ago. Seku Smith died. He was an NBA reporter, NBA TV reporter. Uh, he died of COVID at age forty-eight. So it's really you know just jarring when you see these when you see these young men and even you know Peter Gomez was fifty-eight. So. It's just jarring when you see these guys die because, like you said, there's a not just a kinship because we're in the same profession, but also you see these guys on TV or you you know you know about them, and it just makes it even more shocking when you see something like that happen where they pass away. And and that's why to me, and again, I don't want to get way too weird about this, but I, I'm always going to feel a kinship to journalists. I mean, you know, no, I'm a journalist now, even if I don't stay in journalism forever, I'd still like to do this, and I'd still like to support all the journalists you can. It's hard, and and sadly, it's part of life. I mean, people die at early ages too, and you know, like Brand says, we're in the social media age, uh, stuff travels fast. I don't know, just, you know, the Chris Rush, like, I don't know much about him. I saw his Twitter account over the years, but yeah, 46 of cancer. He beat cancer before and it came back and it got him. So it's tough. And, you know, I look at it and you might be like, dude, I don't like sports. I don't like journalism. Why do I care? Well, young people are dying. And I guess I'll look at it, love each other, you know, love the people you know, your family, friends, and everything. And just, and, you know, I'll throw a religious nugget at the end. You know, Think about what happens after you die. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to preach anybody or anything else like that. But, you know, it, something to think about. And I don't know. I, I'm feeling a little bit more. I'm 46 now. And, again, it's good to have those thoughts every once in a while. So should be good. I hate to end on a downer. I want to end on something more fun, but I definitely want to mention it. Can I share yeah. something, Chris? Yeah, be, be fun for a second because uh, I, I mean, it's a little bit of a downer, but it's mostly fun. Um, oh, oh, no. I'm able to share, am I able to share my screen? Uh, I guess I'm. I'm afraid. <laughs> Brandon, we've known each other. You get credit in my book. I'll let you, but I'm, I'm a little scared. I got mad. So, okay, what you got? Okay, I'm just trying to see. Craig, are you designing? Was I? I, well, no, I mean, we'll see what happens. I don't know if you guys, real quick, before while he's doing that, I don't know if you saw the uh, Nickelodeon highlights of the Super Bowl yesterday. Uh, they. They, yes. they made some. They had some fun with Nickelodeon uh, highlights there too, which is kind of fun. That was a downer in another way. Not a downer. Is, <laughs> I, I just uh, now I'm really depressed again. Oh, you know, Nick highlights don't you know equate to deaths, but I'm seeing something come on the screen. Should I pull it up, Brandon? Yeah, yep, pull it up here. <laughs> All right, now we're <laughs> audio medium, so we have to describe this, Craig. All right. Right, some some uh, Columbus suburban resident painted this, said painted this and meant to put it on here before the game, but it took longer than I thought to finish. And it was just the weekend. Wow. Uh, but I guess the mask, is the mask thing something, if she said she painted this before the show? I, I yeah. Like, um, <clears throat> the, the, I guess the way the story goes is I think the weekend either had plastic surgery or had some sort of an incident where he had to bandage his face and, you know, he was obviously seen out in public. I think he might've even been at an award show where he picked up an award and he had his face bandaged. So that's why last night when you saw the performance, he was, you know, all of his backup dancers were bandaged like that. And it also coincided with the, I can't feel my face song that he has, but uh, this was, 
it's very good, but uh, yeah, that, that's kind of where the uh, inspiration for all those masks were last night. I, I think it's people are the worst. Like I hate Twitter. I mean, I, I, I love Twitter. I'm on Twitter a lot. I'm on Twitter more than I am Facebook. But I saw somebody, and who knows who it was? I mean, I, maybe it was one person. You know, talk about why are they all wearing jock straps over their face? Okay, <laughs> he's bandaged. Yeah. You know, I, I just, and I know part of our show, we comment, we like to post, you know, poke fun at people. So, again, maybe I'm hypocritical for saying this. But I'm like, live the weekend long. I'm not a weekend fan. I wasn't blown away. I mean, hey, Phoebe Bridges next year, NFL. You know, make it happen. I mean, I was blown away by Phoebe Bridges. Uh, maybe 10 years from now, Chris. But then yeah. I love it. She, she has, like, s- several guitars lined up with yeah. choreographer dancers, and they all smash them. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, sparks, was, of, sparks of Fury. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't – I didn't hate the weekend. I, I mean, it was fine. I mean, it was. It definitely wasn't the worst. It wasn't my favorite. I mean, it was, it was all right. There were some memorable parts to it, but – what, what 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 would you say? Like some people said, like his music wasn't halftime worthy in a sense. Like maybe it, it doesn't fit the theme, or like it's great music, but it's just not. It's not what we're kind of the tone. Maybe doesn't fit. But um, I I thought it was kind of a little party. It is. But yeah, are there I'm other sorry. artists? Are there other artists you think would be like they're great singers, but they wouldn't fit the halftime? halftime well, did you show? did you remember Coldplay? Coldplay did one, and they were doing all their slow music, and I was depressed. I'm, I'm like, I mean, nothing against Coldplay. They're fine, but to put them in a halftime show was like crazy. I don't know. I mean, like I said, The Weeknd isn't my music. So, yeah, I mean, I maybe it wasn't a simple halftime for me, but I, it was up-tempo. I mean, I, I don't – like, it didn't make me depressed like Coldplay did every year. I mean, I, I don't know. Well, I think, you know, Blinding Lights was certainly – I think that's the song that got him into the Super Bowl conversation – I mean, it just had a, a really big run last year on the charts, and that's probably I don't I don't think without that chart topping song like Blinding Lights, I don't know that he's a Super Bowl, you know, caliber singer. And it's not because he can't sing, because he certainly can sing. It's more about you know, do people know who you are? Have people heard your music? Yeah. And that's why you see this. You know, you get Beyonce, you get Lady Gaga, you get you know like a Maroon 5, you get people like that because, you know, they have to have chart-topping songs. They seem to skew a little bit more towards pop these days because they want to try to maybe get a younger audience. And then all the, obviously they'll have some, you know, older older acts come in maybe to help out and maybe keep the, the older audience in. But, yeah, I mean, I think with Blinding Lights, it really kind of cemented his ability to say, yeah, this guy can can run the Super Bowl show. And, you know, interestingly enough, he did it himself. He didn't have a, you know anybody else come in to collaborate with him like we've seen in years past. So I think had it not been for blinding lights, I don't know that he would have been even considered for the Super Bowl as a main attraction because of that. But blinding lights did really well last year in the charts and gave him that leg up, I think on a lot of other people. Yeah. I mean, the other artists we talked about, I don't think you're going to see Morgan Wallen doing any Super Bowl halftime shows anytime. No, 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 I don't think so. I don't know. I, I mean, it was okay. I mean, did you get that feeling? I mean, uh, like you weren't upset if you watched it. I mean, was that your well, feeling? I think or? if you're a certain age, you probably got it. You probably didn't like it, but I mean, it was all right. I mean, was that your feeling, or I? Yeah, I thought it was more more um, 
innovative in some ways, or just trying yeah. to be more creative than previous shows. So, but you know what? There was no no there was no surprise guest or anything. So, like you were asking about last show, Chris. Yeah, I I actually saw something. There was an article. I can't remember where it came from, but it was like early Sunday morning when they said, "Hey, don't expect anybody." So in my head, I was like, "Okay, there's not going to be a guest." And I'm glad I read that article because I'll be honest, I was looking forward to a special guest. So if I didn't read the article beforehand, I would have been ticked off. I was coming here like, it's bad. But no, I was expecting that. And I really thought with the weekend, you know, him running around inside with the mirrors, I actually liked that. I was kind of down with that because it kind of played more towards the TV crowd where, you know, you think of if you're just out on the platform in front of the stage, yeah, it's iconic, I guess. But, you know, it kind of more played to the TV having an inside thing, you know, and I'm sure they show it on the TV screen if you're there. Yeah, Twenty-two thousand fans there versus millions at home watching it, and it's yeah. also COVID. It's kind of a socially distant performance, and I think they utilized the 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 stage they had with that concourse level they have in Tampa, and I think they utilized some of the well. We don't want to have people being around everybody all the time, so let's have him do his own little thing. If you notice the people that, you know, had the, the bandaging on, it looked like it was more of a mask because their faces were covered. So, you know, they are also kind of maybe taking some precaution there and not having like a full on mouth or nose exposed. So, you know, I think I think given what, you know, the circumstances were, I think they did a pretty solid job of putting on a, a you know, an interesting concert. Yeah, I, I mean, it was all right. You know, like I said, I'm. I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I was horrified when they first announced the weekend going, this is going to suck. It didn't suck, but I'm not, I'm not reacting like I did to Phoebe Bridges. I don't know. I'm, I'm weird. Maybe, maybe the weekend looked like a 12-year-old girl at the start. I'm like, wow, yeah, he's impressive. Maybe that, I, I, I've got oh, weird Yeah, I've got a weird musical taste. Maybe well, the weekend should have slammed a guitar. Or she's know. got a year. She's got a year now to to kind of build up that cred, and now she can maybe be Super Bowl Fifty Six halftime show. We'll see what the feedback was. I, I gave a complimentary tweet from her from the Ohioan account yesterday. Uh, I was hoping for that Phoebe Bridges retweet, but apparently there's enough of her praise that Phoebe said, "Okay, I'll just look past the Ohioan." <laughs> Flying you know, over it. She doesn't like yeah. being called twelve-year-old girl. Probably, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, Phoebe's not listening. Sorry. That's yeah, like half her age. Almost yeah. half her age. Yes. Yes. It is. Well, it, it just—it was from the brief glimpse I had of her. And again, I had nothing. I, I, you know, Phoebe Bridges could look like Madonna. I had no idea. I had no idea how old she was or anything. It's just a, a first impression. And she had a skeleton suit on too. It, it was just. Yeah. Yeah. It was a weird, it was an interesting performance. A unique so. SNL performance, yeah. Very good. But a good one, it was a good one, though. She did a good job. Yeah. She definitely, I mean, yeah, because, like, the goal is to get noticed and talked about, and that was her goal with Smashing Guitar. Pie. And we're all talking about it, so it was effective. Yeah, <laughs> hey, we we gave her, the, yeah, we gave her 20 minutes. Yeah, good for her. I want to so. be in the breakout room when they said, how can we, like, attain uh, attention? It's like, oh, yeah. smash an electric guitar. It's like, does yeah. anyone yeah. <laughs> Because I, I can't remember. I mean, honestly, again, maybe I'm not a big music guy, but I can't remember anybody else from Saturday Night Live, so it was good. Hey, since we're still talking, I want to mention this briefly. We were talking about Saturday Night Live beforehand. I thought Saturday Night Live was kind of brilliant last weekend. 
I'm not into bashing people. I'm not into putting people down. But you got to understand, comedy's comedy. Comedy's got to be a little bit shocking. Comedy's got to be a little bit subversive. And I know comedians have a hard time in 2021 with that. Did you guys see a week ago, Michael Che, he's an African-American performer on Saturday Night Live. He does Weekend Update. He made a joke, a little bit transphobic, that he got in trouble for it. I, I thought it was interesting. He didn't apologize for it, which I thought was interesting. Did that strike you guys weird or weird that he didn't? Well, I mean, we're in a culture. We're in a culture today where if you make a racial slur, if you make any type of joke against any group of people, you know, you're at a press conference like, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you know. You know, and you're well. It goes back into the debate of comedy. Like people have said, like if you if your comedy has to make fun or marginalize a certain minority group, um, then you're you're not funny, or it's like you're not, you know, you're not really thinking or trying. I guess, but I don't know. It's like to your point, Chris. I mean, is comedy what what's comedy supposed to look like in the um, in the 21st century? I guess is the question. Um, you know. I haven't. I didn't hear the joke. So, but um, if Che felt, uh, and it's really up to him to start on his conscience of what he, what he was trying to accomplish, you know, if he felt like you know it's more of a pushing the envelope kind of thing, or um, you yeah, know, it's. And, and yeah. I think he, I think he was pushing the envelope. I mean, I, I saw a comedy special where he did like twenty minutes on how being gay is good and cool and everything. So I don't think he's like you know. Bashing people. I don't, the thing that struck me about it is Morgan Wallen's a country singer who, you know, said something bad. I'm looking at a comedian like Don Rickles. Okay, yeah, I'm the old guy because I like Don Rickles. But Don Rickles made fun of people. But Don Rickles, you knew he was joking. And I, I like the fact, you know, Weekend Update's gotten stale over the years. Yeah, I, I made fun of Colin Jost because he's married to, oh, jeez, I can't. Who's he married Johansson. to? Yeah, yeah, the name slipped me. Um, yeah, I made fun of it because I'm like, man, he married up way too high. But I, I like Weekend Update because they get edgy on the comedy and everything. I, I like the fact that he, um, oh, what was it? Um, yeah, oh, well, that's Craig. Uh, and Craig's back. I think Sorry, so. I lost my yeah. uh, connection there. Oh, you're fine. But no, but I thought it just was interesting. I, I like the fact that it was comedian, it was edgy. Um, I saw a bunch of stuff about Che, and I was wondering how they're going to address it. And they actually did something where they're talking about apologizing. There was some skit about that. I'm thinking they were going to apologize then. They didn't, which I, I thought was interesting. And again, I'm not supporting anti-trans, um, you know, trans humor. I, I'm not making any comment either way on that. I thought it was interesting that in today's society where we have to apologize for everything, SNL's like, yeah, screw it. You know, we're just being funny. We're being comedian. I don't know. I, I thought it was just good, but I don't know. Well, like I said, I'm not into, and I'm not saying we should get in the culture of making fun of other people, but I think in comedy, that's been comedy for the past 100 years, where I, I think comedians can get a little bit more of a pass in that than presidents of the United States or, or other people. And you know, I like saying it wide because you look at the Weekend Update, the first couple jokes made fun of Joe Biden. And I'm like, great. I, I love when you give it to both sides. And I, I, it made it interesting. I don't know. But no, that, that's kind of my take on SNL. So. 
All right, any other thoughts on Silent Live before we close? I, no. I, I promise you, everybody, we're going to get back to Ohioan because we're Ohio podcast. So we'll get back to Ohio stuff. Um, we'll get COVID talk. We'll get other talk. But it was kind of a slower news week in Ohio. And honestly, pop culture in Ohio, we like pop culture. I'm sure there's a lot of TVs tuned in to Super Bowl. I'm not sure if as many TVs are tuned in to Saturday Night Live. I don't think Phoebe Bridgers is getting a ton of downloads from Ohio this weekend. But, hey, we like pop culture, so we wanted to talk about that. So. We will be back tomorrow. Again, oh, I, I didn't get to promo stuff. Uh, real quickly, uh, check out, uh, we uploaded uh, Paul Yanchek, friend of the podcast. He does a series podcast. He reviewed Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, so you can check that out. That was on today. Big thanks to Craig. Brandon Craig was reviewing food shows over the weekend. Uh, Selena and Chef. I, did you know Selena Gomez is a food show? I no, she's, a home, she's a home cook trying to learn to become a better cook. Oh, okay. He works with, uh, you know, renowned chefs across the country via Skype, obviously, or whatever, you know, and uh, they kind of teach her the ropes on how to make a certain dish. Very interesting yeah. show. It's it's fun to see. It, was a, it, it all came out of the quarantine of, of 2020's pandemic, and, you know, the show uh, has now had two seasons here, and it's it's been a pretty fun show. It's good to be Selena Gomez. I, I don't have access to anybody on – on Skype where I can ask to be a better <laughs> chef. But, hey, if you're Selena Gomez, you got that. Uh, Craig also talked about the Great American Barbecue. My infamous Marco's review is up uh, for the Marco's Pizza Bowl. Brandon, you got to check out the picture I did with it. Um, my wife got mad. I shared with her your concern about the Subway picture not being, you know, visualized <laughs> correctly. And my wife jumped in on me saying, your Marco's Pizza looks horrible. And I'm like – are you turning into Brandon Klein? And that was my response saying, Brandon, you're coming up in our home a lot, which is good. We're close. That's fine. But we're talking about Brandon more than we talk about us. Come on, talk about <laughs> us. Becky, come on. It's tough. Um, and then what else? Lots of content. Um, oh, Brandon, I need to tell you, um, it came up with my time hop yesterday. I actually posted on Facebook. It's been a year since we talked to the Famous Greg Morton, the comedian from America's Got Talent. I shared the video of him with the Star Wars thing. I'm sure you remember that, Brandon. Yeah, yeah. I talked to John Reed. Uh, keep John your thoughts. John's going through a lot right now. Uh, but John gave us permission. Uh, sometime this week, we're going to repost that episode. Want to get that on our podcast feed of us talking to Greg Morton from America's Got Talent. It's a year ago, but hey, lots of fun stuff. And I like to have Greg back on again. Greg was awesome. It would be fun to have him on the show again. All right. Anything else, guys? We packed a lot in for the last 75 minutes. No. All right. Well, let me close up again. Check our sponsors, Chase Bank. If you're like, what have I listened to for 75 minutes? <laughs> I'll pay you 200 bucks. Click on Chase uh, Bank link. Sign for account. Attach you to direct deposit. You'll get 200 bucks. Simple as that. Go for it. And check out our sponsors. Subscribe. Guys, that's all the weekend. We were getting various subscriptions to our podcast places. Everyone, thank you for that. Keep subscribing. Keep sharing. And we'll be back tomorrow. Have a great uh, day, everybody. And thanks for listening to the Ohio Podcast. Have a good one.